Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today in the pod, I have a conversation with Chris Villanueva, the founder of Let's Eat Grandma, about the precise steps you need to take in order to get your dream job. Everyone's always asking me to do more actionable podcasts. So here you go. Chris will tell you exactly what your resume and cover letter need to look like and everything you need to do to stand out from the crowd. He lays out a framework for what you need to do to land a great job. A lot of it, it has to do with how you market yourself. Are you a specialist? Are you a generalist? Will you be able to hit the ground running on day one of the job? Will you fit in with the rest of the people at the company when you go out and grab lunch? The conversation ahead should serve as a useful exercise as you think about how you sell yourself to the world. That's all I have to say about it before we get into the interview. My baby Elle, she's had a cold this week, as she has had for many weeks of her life. It's funny, growing up, I prided myself on really never getting sick. When one of my friends would get sick, I would say, great, I'll come over and hang. And uh, don't worry about it, I don't get sick. But for the past 16 months that I've had a baby... I think I've been sick like 10 times. It's crazy. Nothing serious, just all these little colds, but it's not something I'm used to. I also hate feeling bad for myself. And when you're sick, that's a pretty easy thing to do. Oh, poor me. I feel bad. (laughs) You can ask my wife about it. But yeah, it's just another obstacle that life throws at you. And I'm sure soon I'll have the strongest immune system ever. I like looking at it that way. We're getting a babysitter tonight and going out for Mexican with some friends. So onward and upward. Okay, let's get into the interview and hear how you get your dream job. Chris Villanueva, thanks for coming on the podcast. Alex, great to be here. I am so excited, especially considering you were just on my podcast last week. Just excited to have another good conversation. Yeah, and round the round the world goes. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Definitely true. (laughs) Yep. So uh, let's see. You have a company called Let's Eat Grandma. I don't know what the hell that means. You got to tell us where that where that name came, where that name came from. Um, yeah, yeah. There's an old joke that says if you take the comma out of Let's Eat Grandma, you're saying you want to eat your grandmother. Versus when you include the comma, you're saying like Let's eat Grandma, like Let's eat together. So it's as a writing company, we think the small details are incredibly important. So it also was just a joke I really liked back um, in college. So <laughs> funny and. Tell us about what the company does. I mean, you help people market themselves through their resumes. That's correct. So my main mission is to help job seekers to land a dream job. And the majority of my clients are in a period of transition. So either they're looking to get promoted or they're looking to um, possibly change industries completely. But uh, yeah, my company writes resumes, LinkedIn profiles, and cover letters for individuals and just likes to take the pain out if yeah. there's a better way of putting that. So, yeah, I mean, 
Makes a lot of sense. And I've been looking forward to having you on so you can share all of your secret sauce of how to make an, make an <laughs> awesome re- resume. Um, just give away your entire business plan yeah, here. That's exactly the plan. Let's do it. Give, uh, give listeners of Moving Up uh, a good secret. Love it. So uh, I guess, Chris, let's just, before we get into all the tips and tricks, let's, uh, let's hear about your background. I mean, how'd you come to this? Yeah, definitely. So I started this business when I was about to graduate college. And as you know, when you're about to graduate college, gosh, writing a resume can be the most stressful thing and uh, just getting a job. So um, I, first of all, experienced a lot of pain going through that. Um, But I realized after writing my own resume that this was very doable and I would help other people write their resume and just found myself doing that over and over and over again. Went up to my college professor. I told her what I was doing and she said, she was like, that's great, but don't actually write the resumes for them. There are companies out there that can get paid a lot of money. Um, so instantly my own light bulb went off. I was like, I got to start a resume writing company and, and make it, um, very unique to my field, which is hospitality. So ended up doing that back in, let's see, what was that? 2014. And, um, my business kind of just evolved after that. And yeah, now we've helped lots and lots of job seekers all over the world to land their dream job. That's so cool. And how does the hospitality piece fit into it? You studied that in school, right? That's correct. So I went to the Cornell hotel school, which it sounds almost random, like going to study restaurants and hotels and then a resume service. But I found a lot of the First of all, the managerial principles were important, but most of all, customer service was probably the biggest transferable skill that I wanted to apply for my own resume service. So I deal with a lot of you know, job transitioners, career transitioners, and they're always asking me, you know, how do I make myself look good on a resume? I've never done the job before. And I always point towards the one thing, which is transferable skills. So for me, my transferable skill was customer service and delivering an exceptional level of hospitality. So for me, I applied that to my business and and have seen it be successful so far. Got it. And Chris, where does this entrepreneurial side of you come from? I mean, I imagine when you went to Cornell Hotel School, you were thinking <laughs> I was going to go work for a hotel group or something. Like, yeah. how did how did how did this get going? Yeah, it's a great question. Ever since I was, I think you and I had this conversation earlier, but I was um, the seven or eight year old, you know, selling Cokes on the the corner of my neighborhood and just super on fire about creating something and uh, creating experience and, and selling something. So I've always had that. Um, I've always had that kind of um, feeling deep down in the inside um, with the hotel school. I felt very strongly that I wanted to open up my own hotel. I still do to this day. I want to open up my own hotel. I just think it's going to be maybe a few years down the line before I move into that space. But, um, but really it's just that inner drive I've had to create something and to be able to use my skill set towards, um, just creativity now to, to put it really simply. So yeah, and yeah, may, maybe your worlds collide here, and you open up a hotel, and you also uh, edit the resumes of the people that stay at the hotel. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you know what? If you see that concept in three years, it's it's going to happen. Thanks to you, that's <laughs> not a bad idea. Actually, I love it. Yeah. Okay. So someone finds you on the internet. They say, "You know, I'm trying to get a promotion. I'm trying to get a new job. 
I don't know if my resume is right or not. Like, and then you say, well, let me take a look. Is that, is that how it gets going? Yeah. So it's pretty straightforward in terms of what we do. We like to get to know our clients before we start writing about them. I just think that's a good principle just to ask all the right questions. So we do that in the form of a questionnaire and also from several phone consultations beforehand. So, um, it's really important, and this is just a good principle in general, but to get to know where the client is applying for, not just what they've done in the past, because a concept I like to hammer home over and over and over again is that job seekers need to be more targeted. So with that, I will ask them a series of questions like, what is the ideal job you're applying for? Are you applying for more than one type of position? All right. If so, then you need two types of resumes. So, um, if I can do anything before the call to get them targeted, I'll do that. Oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Having, having more than, more than one resume. And that I mean, that makes total sense. I mean, my startup has multiple different pitch decks we send to investors, intro decks and follow up decks. And, um, but I've, I ha- yeah, you're right. I have not, I don't know why I've never had, I've just kind of had one boilerplate stock resume, <laughs> whatever my business school told me that this, this is the format. I plugged the stuff in and you just like fire it out. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it was never very focused and it was never like tailored to a specific job, but you're saying that's wrong. That's correct. I, I don't recommend beating your head against the wall and writing 90 different versions of your resume for the 90 different jobs you're applying for. I do recommend, um, getting organized in these buckets. So looking at the, the level of what type of jobs am I applying for? So am I applying for uh, sales engineer position, or am I applying for a sales manager position? So those will be two different job types. And with that, I would develop two base resumes. And I actually do recommend tweaking beyond that. Uh, it's good to look at the company you're applying for. And I call it hyper-targeting or micro-targeting. So, uh, but that usually doesn't take as much effort as creating two entirely different resumes, which I do advocate for. So... That's Got some it. secret sauce for you, Alex. So there you go. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And then as far as, as formats goes, like are, mm-hmm. are the formats that you're telling people to put forward? Is it, is it like, that's pretty boilerplate and you're just kind of filling in with different data or formats can range too. Formats can definitely range. So, um, you're talking about design, correct? Like the way the, the resume is laid out. Yeah, exactly. Your name on the top, your name centered, like mm-hmm. bullets, whatever, all that stuff. Yeah. So I also, I'm going to take the same principle I told you earlier about being targeted and I'll still apply that for designs. So let's say for instance, you're applying for a design firm or a firm that's really, I'd say like progressive and just kind of like trendy in, in some sort of way. In that case, I might recommend for a little bit of flair in your resume. And I don't mean going overboard and having like all these crazy graphs and pictures and uh, things like that, but showing a little bit of intent in knowing the fact that you are applying for a company that's like that. So um, that's on one end of the spectrum. But for instance, let's say you're applying for a, I don't know, a banking position. Then in that case, I would recommend being a little bit more traditional in terms of how your resume is laid out. So what our service does is we like to take the applicant tracking system um, tested resumes. So ones that are probably going to get past ATS and make sure that um, make sure that they look good. 
So I don't know if I'm kind of going, kind of jumping ahead of the game and talking about ATS so far, but I think it's a really good principle to uh, to cover. So yeah, no, no, no. Let's let's go there. Tell us more. Yeah. So applicant tracking systems are a really fun way of weeding job seekers out. So it's like look kind of on the negative. A lot of these companies will get applicant tracking systems to make sure that they are the top resumes are essentially getting to them as much as possible. So it's a guessing game. And I think it's something that intimidates a lot of job seekers, but as much as possible, I do recommend still employing the principles of being as targeted as possible, but making sure that you have the appropriate keywords. And so that's something what our service does on a regular basis is looks closely at the job postings you're applying for and make sure that you have the appropriate types of keywords. Got it. So this is like an algorithm you're saying that your resume gets run through and then if it says vice president and sales and strategy and business development, then it's like, okay, that moves on to the to actually someone being able to look at it. Correct. That's exactly correct. So cool. and you said something which is pretty important. You you started focusing on position title. And I think that's one of the best things that you can look for to integrate within your resume. I think a lot of people make the mistake of including soft skills versus hard skills because you just have to imagine what hiring decision makers are going to be use, using to filter people out. So I think the most commonly typed in keyword actually is position title. So I always look to see how I can integrate the A, hard skills, but B, position titles within the resume. Got it. Um, you know, when I went to business school, we had this. This is before uh, Anderson even started, but they had us uh, go through like a, a resume course. I don't, I don't remember where where it lived. If it was on YouTube or something like that, but um, oh, really? And then, well, and then they had a software that we like would pro- plug our resumes into, and it would spit out like the the action verbs and if the sentences were in the correct syntax and structure. And so basically, um, you know, at the end of it, every single, all 350 people in my class, their resumes come out, you know, with different content, but they all look exactly the same. Um, uh-huh. but, but it's a, I mean, it's a useful exercise getting your sentences in the correct format and making sure, you know, everything kind of just flows correctly. Definitely. Do you remember the name of that off the top of your head? I would love to look into that. Uh, I mean, I can send it to you after this. I, this was like, you know, almost four, three and a half years ago now. So yeah, that's uh, a great concept. It's a, it's a fantastic concept. Yeah. I'm sure the school paid a lot of money for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how can, how can I sell to these schools that way? So yeah, awesome. Chris, man, you, your, your brain is always on, man. I love it. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Um, and then I want to talk more about, about resumes, but it's just cover letters on my head, on my mind right now. I mean, I always sure. thought cover, le- I always thought cover letters were so pointless. I was like, who's going to actually read this? This is like ridiculous. Why am I even sending this? Is that yeah. the case or are they important? You know, Alex, I do recommend writing cover letters and that's because a lot of job seekers do not write them, believe it or not. So I've heard a lot of feedback from recruiters that they're like, you know what? I wouldn't mind a cover letter. In fact, it might actually help but I just don't receive enough of them. And that's something that always surprised me because I imagine, you know, job seekers are sitting there on the other end saying, you know, should I even submit a cover letter? Are they even going to read it? So I say, yes, like submit a cover letter. Only catch is make sure it's a good cover letter. Don't do this copy and paste boilerplate cover letter template and send it out to every single company. In fact, those are the types of cover letters that are going to make you not look good and look like somebody that didn't put too much time or 
effort into applying for the company. So what I always tell job seekers, if you can make one genuine, genuine connection with the company in that cover letter and number two, explain your why. And that's one of my favorite things actually to include in cover letters. So why are you applying for the position and what's the number one thing you can bring to the table? Then heck yeah, your cover letter is going to be useful. In fact, it might actually sway you on the side of a yes if you were previously a no. So that's why I always recommend it. Yeah, interesting. As as long as you don't uh, put Goldman Sachs when you're applying to JP Morgan, then (laughs) (laughs) then you'll be good. Don't mess that up. That's that would be terrible. That's an instant no. So I mean, yeah, people mess that up all the time. I mean, I I think I probably messed that up myself, but yeah, I've definitely seen cover letters that have that. Exactly. So you you just instantly hate the person. No matter no matter how good the resume is. Yeah, true. And spelling mistakes too. It's the same concept. Don't make a spelling mistake. It also comes across as careless. So double check, double check, triple check, and look like if you write something in all caps, like check that, especially because sometimes Microsoft Word won't catch those things. And I always recommend printing something out on a piece of paper because I always catch these types of mistakes more on paper rather than on a computer screen. So, yep. Okay. So I think we got kind of like a pretty good strategy here of customized resumes. Same thing with, uh, with, with cover letters. Then what about actually applying for the job? Like, is it okay? I mean, you know, I feel like you just apply for some job on LinkedIn and it just like Mm -hmm. goes out into the, it goes out into the blank ether and who knows whether you're going to get a response back or not. But like, if you actually find someone from the company, maybe you went to the same school or you have just a friend in common or something and you just reach out to them and say, Hey, so-and-so I, you know, I, just applied for this job and really looking, it's really interesting to me. I'd love if we could jump on a call and you make some, you like try to have some type of, you know, interaction with a person. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I said earlier that ATS systems are great ways to weed you out as a job seeker. And I stand by that fact. And a, a really sad truth is like, if you're going to apply for the average job posting on indeed or whatever website, you probably have like a 5% chance of actually getting an interview. So probably have to submit like a hundred different job applications to get five real interviews back. So I, I'm not saying not to apply through these applicant tracking systems and through these online portals like indeed, but I do recommend yes, employing that networking strategy as much as possible. So I think LinkedIn, you already touched upon it, Alex is one of the best things you can do to use the internet to search for people who are like-minded within your industry or have the same positions that you have. Um, I do recommend going a step beyond that and not just going online. I I do recommend, especially if the job search has been tough for you or if you're applying within a competitive industry, but I also do recommend going to events and using your actual network, like your family and friends that um, you're getting connected with and finding out who they know who might put you in touch with somebody who can get you an interview. So that's really, if I can hammer home one thing about the job strategy, it's diversify, 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 and make sure you're, you're using your networks to, to get you those jobs. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Every job I've ever applied for, whether it was just, you know, on LinkedIn or something, I Mm -hmm. always found someone that worked there and said, Hey, I just applied. Like, let's put a human touch to this. And, oh yeah, and you know, maybe they um, respond back and they say, sure, I'm happy to hop on a call and, and, and maybe not. And maybe they just pass it along to the HR person and then you get an interview. So it's like, it's a pretty simple thing to do to send a quick LinkedIn message or email or something to someone. Exactly. 
And I would say that the majority of the people that I've hired for my company have been through networks, actually. So it's it's very true. And I, I practice what I preach too. So Yep. Okay. And then so after you get the interview, things go well, you do the interview. Um, you know, from for the first job I got at JP Morgan, I, I sent them like actual thank you notes, like paper thank you notes with a stamp on it. Um, <laughs> Love that. And it, uh, yeah, like my mom was like, you should do that. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Oh, that's, and, free, you know advice from your, that's good advice from your mom. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I ended up getting the job, but then once I had the job, I remember someone came, someone interviewed and they gave us these thank you notes and this thank you note was like passed around the office as like, it was like a joke. Um, and then, so I was thinking back, <laughs> I was like, oh, I wonder if that's how it was for me, but yeah. I mean, I ended up getting the job. So what's your, uh, what's your view on thank you notes? Thank you emails. Like, should you do them? Yeah. So I'm going to apply the same principle as cover letters to thank you notes. It's you don't want like a generic thank you note because it almost might show the same thing. Like you're not putting too much effort into it. It's kind of an afterthought, like always send a thank you note. Yes. Like hundred percent of the time and do make it personal. So try to make an actual connection about something that you talked about during the interview. And it's going to be a lot more helpful, I will say, if you asked the right questions during the interview, even as the person who's getting interviewed, um, because that will give you a lot of ammo, so to speak, to to write a really good follow-up note. So, Yep. I mean, I, I, I remember uh, I, I would write these boilerplate thank you notes, but I'd always take notes during the interview and have just one sentence of something that we, we like the yeah. same TV show or we like to play golf or whatever it was, and then just you know supplemented that one sentence out that made it personal. Yeah. And I think uh, those personal handwritten notes are going to make a comeback eventually, Alex. So I think you're on to something with those personalized notes. <laughs> okay. Um, well, Chris, I mean, this sounds like a pretty good package here um, of personalizing the resumes, getting the cover letters right, definitely doing the, the follow-up thank you notes. Um, I mean, are we missing anything? Are there any like last tips, tricks that we can, we can kind of splice in here? Um, anything like that? So in terms of the actual deliverables, I think you covered the big ones. So resume, cover letter. Um, I actually think LinkedIn, the actual profile itself has to be solid because I've worked with a lot of job seekers and we'll do a package that's resume, cover letter, and LinkedIn profile. And I'll very so often hear back from the clients saying that it wasn't necessarily the resume that got them the job. It was the LinkedIn. So... I think it's really important to have a LinkedIn that's optimized with the correct keywords and also a LinkedIn that just is attractive. And I think in 2019, 2020 and beyond, I think that's the way that job seekers are going to, are going to make it happen. So. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So are you an advocate for more content on your LinkedIn page than less? You know, I always just put the company and I was like, okay, well, people know what JP Morgan is. I'm not going to put any, anything more, but, <laughs> but I think now that you're saying this, I think that's probably, that's probably wrong. Isn't it? Alex hundred percent recommend fleshing out that profile more so than your resume. And that's because there's a much higher tolerance for more information on your LinkedIn. Like you're not going to get information overload that much on a LinkedIn compared to a resume. So if you sent me a four page resume or a three pager, even to my company, I would probably, I wouldn't say throw it in the trash, but I would probably look at it and be like, "Ugh, don't want to read this crap. But your LinkedIn, I think it's almost the opposite just because every section is expandable and each section is an opportunity to capture that SEO or that search engine optimization. So 
um, it's an opportunity to include keywords. So yes, I do recommend fleshing out that profile. And even for me as a business owner, it's helped me out uh, tremendously in, in being able to find clients. Oh man, Chris, like you're, you're giving me actionable stuff now. I'm, uh, <laughs> you're, you're providing lots of value here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, let's connect afterwards. I'll, I'd love to help you out. So. <laughs> um, I love it. So how can listeners find you? I mean, we, I mentioned the company name, but, but tell us everything and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, definitely. So our website is let's eat grandma.com. So let's eat grandma. And there's no comma, unfortunately, because the toolbar won't let you type that in, but yeah, it's our, it's our website there. And you can check out any one of our packages. So we'll write you a resume, LinkedIn profile, and cover letter. I think our prices are fairly reasonable for for most job seekers out there. So that's one thing. The other thing we do, and one of the reasons why I was so excited to talk with Alex, is we have a podcast as well called the Career Warrior Podcast. And Alex is actually going to be a guest on our 44th episode. We covered, uh, I think it was rejection therapy, which was the concept. So going out and, and getting outside your comfort zone. So, um, yeah, that's, those are the two main things I'm working on on a daily basis and my two passion projects. So glad, glad. Yeah. Yep. Great, man. Well, again, thanks for, thanks for coming on and yeah, my listeners can go check out me talk about rejection therapy on your podcast and come talk about resume tips on my podcast and uh and our best podcast friends for life <laughs> yeah let's keep up with that and i didn't tell you this alex but our the episode after we're going to do in the rejection therapy is i'm actually going to go out and get rejected five times myself and record it um candidly so you actually inspired me to do the same thing and and get out of my comfort zone so can't thank you enough for that and, and can't wait to share that with you. Oh man, I'm excited. Well, this is this has been so much fun, Chris. Thanks for thanks again for coming on. Awesome. All right, Alex, thanks so much. Take care. All right. Thanks for listening today. If you like moving up, the best way you can support us is by telling your friends, helping us grow. Thank you.